It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. Where our discussions are based in evidence. And we try to maintain our relevance. But two drinks in, and we try not to lose our. It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. The slightly crunchy mom cast. Hello, hello, hello. This is a slightly crunchy mom cast. This is a podcast with research based parenting information from a real world perspective of two moms just trying not to lose their shit. Hey, do you like our podcast? Let us know. Take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes. This is going to help us out, and it'll also help other people find our podcast, too. Now let's get to it. Today's episode 17, and this is part two of our breastfeeding series, as requested by listeners. Today, we're going to hone in on maintaining breastfeeding and staying the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Not a song. Should have been at one point. We'll make one. We'll make Michael to do it. Uh, stay the course it's a lot of lyrics to get out of just stay the course i mean i don't even know who you are because you haven't even introduced (laughs) yourself yet correct my name is Brittany. i'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist and i'm whitney and we are going to do a super exciting experiment where my my husband is afflicted with rosacea it gets angry it's always this time i think it's related to stress and he refuses to do anything about it so i bought him creams i bought him like it's clearly on his face well yeah that's where rosacea is oh is it other places i don't know anything about i know Uh, about eczema i don't know about and the thing is is my husband is super hot ladies keep your hands off i've got a super hot husband and the rosacea is a bit distracting he taken yeah he is so no (laughs) no but so we are going to try because we're doing a um breastfeeding and the benefits of breast milk we've been really looking into it so i'm going to take home some of Brittany's frozen breast milk that's right and we've got a day zero. We took a picture and we're going to rub breast milk on his rosacea from here until the next week until we do our next podcast. So if you think that's kind of weird, it is. So do we. It's super odd. I but can't we're going to see. And I can't believe he agreed to it. We're going to listen. He's going to have your titty milk all over his face. We're going to talk about it during our nighttime. But the- when we do things. <laughs> oh, okay. You're in the bedroom. Please keep me up. I don't want to be. Did we go- be. I went too no, far. Ah. I do that. Mm. Okay. Okay. Sorry. What are you drinking? <laughs> Go ahead. I am having it old fashioned, as are you. We're having old fashioned. So we're going to be talking about breastfeeding. We're having old fashioned. Yes. So we're sorry if it gets so slurriful. Our drinks today are donated to oh, us. Oh, I love donators. By, by Angela and you, Jeff. Angela. Yeah. And they have so donated great. so many drinks we have another song we have another song and this is going to be an extra special song because my husband michael has known jeff for some time and this is going to be highly customized as is the multiple beer donation experience oh we are so excited and (laughs) you know we are all about writing songs it's really fun to watch mike do this yes and by we we mainly just michael we don't really although i did provide the la 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 masamba idea the last one yes oh i I gave him the hook I love Samba. Oh, what a great man. And <laughs> oh, he's so, he must have loved it. He would have loved it. All right. So um, we started this conversation last week and we wanted to continue. Breastfeeding is a uh, just a layered 
type oh, of so many layers, and, and it's important to know because I mean, you know, it's a lot. It's it's a it's com- commands your attention. I think when you first bring your baby home, and then if you're going to continue it, it continues to do that. So we want to start off with a little bit of research. Um, so what are the benefits? I always found this so fascinating. I still do. Benefits not only to the baby but also to the mom. So some of the benefits are is breast milk actually directly stimulates and per- supports the immune system. So they include the lactoferrin um, and interleukin 6, 8, and 10. And these proteins help balance the inflammatory response. So if you think about this, when we did the episode with viruses, we talked about this inflammatory response and how we can have an over excitable inflammatory response. So this is actually something that kind of benefits the children and the fact that they are less likely to get that over inflammatory response. And that is evidenced by the fact that they are at a decreased risk of getting ear infections, mm-hmm. um, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea is less likely to happen in um, respiratory breast- infections too. Right? Lower respiratory yep. infections. I was about to say pneumonia, UTIs are less common. Certain meningitises are less common in um, breastfed babies. If you breastfeed your baby to six months of course we'll recommend a year as long as you want to do it but if you do it you decrease the risk of having um, leukemia and lymphoma uh, the kids lymphoma and also type 2 diabetes eczema and SIDS all decrease from having um, a breastfed baby mm-hmm. now there's multiple reasons obesity why- too right yep I said obesity in there did I not yep I don't know. obesity as well so there's multiple reasons why each of these would show up so some of them are this immune response that they give you these immune inflammatory responses. Others are like type 2 diabetes. So breastfed formula babies are more likely to be taking in more and they're more likely to be obese. Remember, type 2 diabetes is really linked with weight gain and the um, the decrease in insulin production and being able to bind the cells. It's not like type 1 that's an autoimmune disease where they stop making insulin altogether. SIDS, it's kind of more likely, I believe, because they are near their mom and so they're breastfeeding often. So they're being woken up more often and those kind of things. And so it's really got a lot of benefits to it. It also helps with bonding between the mom and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hormones. We talked about those, but cytokines that are released when you are breastfeeding. Um, I really want to say that, you know, if you are formula feeding and that's kind of where you went, like no harm, no foul, that was the decision made. We really want to support those moms that wanted to breastfeed that was their goal and kind of understand that it is that's kind of where we're looking at is these breastfed babies and what is the massive long-term event like Mm -hmm. effect for that so they do actually help with bonding as well with the mom it can help with weight regulation you're less likely to have diabetes and obesity if you're breastfeeding as well and it helps with bonding as well so it's kind of too wrong with the bonding um those are kind of the big ones I want to do a fun fact. What are the three states where 70% or more of moms are breastfeeding at six months? Ooh, I don't know. What are they? Give me some. I know you hate these games. I know because I'm I'm bad at guessing. Well, it's just a guess. All right. Give me one guess and I'll let you go. All right. You paused too long. Oregon, Hawaii. I was going to say West Virginia. Nope, because these people are breastfeeding for 70%. So 70% of the moms breastfeed uh-huh. for six months or You said Oregon, that lines up. Hawaii and Vermont. Vermont. Which states 
keep the last one in mind. West Virginia. Forty percent. It less. could go either way, you know. Yeah. yeah. So um, Mississippi, Louisiana, and West Virginia, less than forty percent of the moms are breastfeeding at six months. So that's yeah. kind of interesting as well. I wanted to circle back a little bit. So you talked about SIDS. So breastfeeding is a protective factor of SIDS, and and I'll unpack a little bit more just my own knowledge and research of that lately. So formula um, has a way of filling babies up a little bit more. It's harder to digest than breast milk. So a lot of times babies will sleep longer stretches for formula if they're formula fed, which sounds really attractive. Believe me, I'm in the thick of it. That would be great. But the truth is babies in their first year of life are really meant to wake up frequently. And that's because it does reduce the risk of SIDS. So what happens with breastfed babies is, is it's the perfect food for them, right? So they digest it it's easy to digest they digest it rather quickly which means they wake up hungry but they also wake up which is you know it helps reduce the the risk of skit of SIDS also I wanted to mention that in the first three months of life that suck reflex is rather involuntary so like a lot of times you know you put the baby of the bottle in the baby's mouth for like formula fed babies and it seems like wow you know they they finished like a six eight ounce bottle well the suck reflex is involuntary and what follows a suck reflex is the um, swallow reflex so Whitney mentioned obesity as a um, positive a reduction in the risk of obesity as kids get older um, with breastfeeding. Well, the the great thing about breastfeeding, especially um, nursing, not necessarily pumped in a bottle, is that is baby led. So yes. when you put a baby to the breast, they are controlling how many calories they take in a day. Um, and although we can't see that, like echoing the last episode, trust your baby, trust your, your body. Babies are so good at moderating and controlling the amount of calories they get in a day. Yeah, and formula is made with cow milk, and that's why it can be so hard to digest um, is because it's made with something that is, you know, outside the body, whereas breast milk is, is clearly not the same thing as well. So it's a lot easier for them to digest. And as we spoke about, it will change per the baby. There's also bonding that occurs when you're breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So they actually say that when a baby comes out, its eyesight that it can focus is directly from a mom's nipple to their face. That's right. So that's what they can focus on. Isn't that? I, I love that. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I love that. And so it's even meant to be. So even when you bottle feed, they they recommend that you hold them right at your breast level and feed them that way mm-hmm. so that because that is where their focus right. is instead at. of like putting them down and yeah them. so you'll yeah. also notice that when a baby is breastfeeding it's actually looking at its mom the entire time and that's when you'll smile at them and you'll gaze at them and you mm-hmm. can do this even when they're bottle fed but it is a very bonding experience as if, if they were you know laying in a crib and you're just putting a bottle or they're holding the bottle themselves on your belt like through across your legs because you want them you want to hold them in the position so that they can constantly see you because feeding is bonding mm-hmm. you are literally supplying a need to them that no one else can do and when you do your you know your hierarchy of needs right on that bottom level is going to be food and shelter yeah. 
And we didn't plan to talk about this today, and I'm not going to get into all the details, but if, you know, in my field, we talk a lot about attachment theory, mm-hmm. and that is very cyclical with the infant's hunger drive and then the adult parent satiating that hunger drive. It really does teach um, attachment and the fact that a baby can trust another human. Um, Whitney, in your research, did you come across anything related to the mom and reduction of um, breast cancer? For breastfeeding, because I've recently read about that. Yeah, there's going to be a reduction. So basically, every single time you have a period, um, your boobs are going to get engorged. And so there are dividing cells that are with that. Um, So that occurs. So actually, it's it's probably not necessarily, I, I don't know yet if they know causation versus correlation, but you're having less periods when you are breastfeeding because your period will come later when you're breastfeeding. Therefore, there's less menstruation. Now, and so there's less of these dividing cells. I am because, seven months postpartum and still haven't had my Yeah, period. and that's pretty common. Like, no. once the, he starts sleeping through the night and giving you long... <laughs> oh, you kid, you kid. Oh, oh, my goodness. Is that your accent coming back out? Oh, that's a great... I do such great accents. Really? The well, listeners, we they the come podcast. for the accents. Yeah, that's I do think they, that's why. So right. once they, he sleeps through the night, which will be when he's 31, and, <laughs> and he's finally Still sleeping awake, in the bed with me. Just, <laughs> still suckling at night um you'll probably find that your period will come back at that time but it's due to the fact that there's a reduction so there's less dividing cells at this time um in that kind of form so they think that there's a reduction in um breast cancers because of that as well there's also less likely to have postpartum depression which blew my mind because holy shit but there is a more of a decrease in experiencing that um and other kind of mental stress is probably due to the hormone release i think it's the oxytocin i mean i don't know which for bottle fed i just want to say this for formula fed babies you can still get if you do skin on skin so that just means you need to do prolonged skin on skin so you know a breastfed mom is going to be doing it naturally because she's exposing her boob and then the baby is there so if you just emulate a lot of that even if you're not actually inserting your tit into their mouth (laughs) if if you're emulating a lot of that you're gonna get that those hormone releases. So if you are someone that has to go to formula because they were premature Mm -hmm. or you just didn't feel comfortable or you have inverted nipples and they didn't latch because of that, although you can, it is more of a struggle or for whatever reason. I mean, you know, we talked about it. There's about 15% that never try. So there, you still can release those hormones. You just have to practice a lot of, or not, you don't have to, but I would recommend practicing some of those things that emulate breastfeeding without actually latching and then sucking just to make sure that you're getting a lot of those extra benefits that you get from having them so close to you and them having your smells and the release of um, those hormones. Yeah. Um, Another interesting fun fact that I recently learned. So there's, if you've noticed around like your nipple, like the areola, there's these little bumps and those bumps are called the Montgomery glands. Oh, I have no idea about this. I just see hairs. So the Montgomery glands actually have um, antimicrobial properties so there's no reason to clean your breast or whatever every time that the baby latches do people do that i don't know if you're doing it please stop oh no people don't do that you don't need to do that no and, and there's also a funny myth once babies start to teeth and they grow teeth and they're still nursing which most are if uh-huh. you continue that to wipe the teeth you don't Nobody need to do does. that there's a big myth and this is not the topic of today's episode of cavities and breastfeeding that is not a thing no your breast milk will not 
cause cavities. If that was the case, man, that would be a huge biological flaw. And it's just cause cavities. Sure does. Breast milk does not. Anyway, so last time we talked a lot about, or we talked a little bit about feeding on demand um, and the importance of that. I wanted to get into a little bit about nighttime nursing um, and and why that is so uh, important also and annoying. Um, And when you start this, I really want to know, when did you start nighttime nursing in the bed? Because I have a friend who recently had a baby, and I, I honestly don't remember. I know for the first little while we would get up and hold him mm-hmm. and let him sleep on our chest while, you know, Brian played his video games. Yes, I have an adult video gamer, and I love him, so I support him. And then, like, <laughs> I would feed, and sometimes I would feed him at night and wake Brian up, and he would keep an eye on him. Yeah. But when did you start that? Okay, well, Rhett, um, neither of my kids really ever let me put him down in a bassinet. So N- None of my kids So either. I'm just going to say, and I've talked about this before, I co-slept with both of my kids. I still co-sleep with Rhett. Did you start it in the beginning? Yes, so I really did. So so with Elise, I tried to put her down because she was my first child, and it was terrible. And I eventually just put her in the bed with Rhett. I put him in the bed straight away. But um, in the beginning, I sort of propped myself up towards the center of the bed. Michael wasn't there, but he had very little space. Um, And I kind of propped myself with a lot of pillows and Mm -hmm. I leaned back. So if I were to fall asleep, Rhett was still supported. Um, However, your key to survival with nursing at night is going to be the mastering of the side lying position. Side boob. So there is something called the cuddle curl and also something called breast sleeping. So you should look into the La Leche League Safe Sleep 7 and also into James McKenna's research. So he coined a term called breast sleeping, whereas there is no breastfeeding or sleeping. There is only breast sleeping at night with an exclusive exclusively fed, um, breastfed baby. So most breastfed babies are going to want to feed throughout the night. That's just kind of the nature of it. My son is seven months and he still nurses every two to three hours at night. Mm -hmm. Um, he does start the night in the crib, but we bring him in first waking. And I will tell you at this point, um, I am so much more rested, not necessarily because he's sleeping more, but we've just kind of gotten used to like, he wakes up, I pull my shirt up, he nurses for 10 minutes and we both fall back asleep. And I just also wanted to add that like if you're not entirely comfortable in the beginning with like sleeping with the baby. Do what, what you're comfortable with. What I did was I woke up my husband. And so what I would do is I would wake up my husband and he would turn over and play on his phone. He had these little whatever and stay awake while I fell asleep while nursing. And then when when he realized that Graham or Meyer was done, he would take them and put them back in their bassinet. So I just also want to throw that out there. If you're not comfortable in the beginning and in all of that, there are other options. And that's what we did. And it worked really well for us yes. as well. And so we- there are options, but side sideline like for longevity of and and Whitney brings up a good point it is actually a a gift um to fall asleep while nursing like there is something relaxing about breastfeeding like I dare you to stay awake while you're nursing at night because I'm telling you you're gonna be so exhausted anyways but I'm a person who I don't fall asleep randomly like my husband does but I do not but man I fell asleep a lot um while nursing red at night and so you want to count on the fact that you're going to do that and create a safe sleep space again you can look up this la leche league safe sleep seven Um, but the cuddle curl i'll talk about that a little bit so the cuddle curl is where you lay on your side 
your knees are stacked on top of each, of each other. They're curled up. Your your arm that's on the closest to the mattress is sort of slid around the baby. This is a safe co-sleeping position because you can't physically roll over on the baby. Also, the baby is close to the breast and is able to nurse. Um, this is a very safe sleep position if the baby's in the bed with you. So why is nighttime nursing important? I think, you know, this is important to talk about because like, yes, it is frustrating. We talked about babies are going to eat every two to three hours. They're going to do that around the clock. Like they're not a nine to five situation. Like they're going to need that constantly. Um, And so your body the nighttime nursing is really important for establishing and maintaining a healthy milk supply. Mm-hmm. So now if you have a unicorn baby that's sleeping six, seven hour stretches and they're gaining and wetting diapers fine, then great. You can tune us out. But most of the time you're going to have babies that are going to wake. And so just know that that's okay. That's actually really crucial to your milk supply. Also between the hours of about midnight to about 4am, your body, the breast milk that you make during that time actually has a higher concentration of melatonin in it Mm -hmm. Um, because your baby when your baby's born doesn't have any real natural circadian rhythms and so the melatonin that your body creates that the baby then uh, consumes via the breast milk helps them to sleep a little bit better so know that that nighttime nursing is totally normal especially if you're exclusively breastfeeding your baby Um, and a lot of this they may be comfort nursing I mean there's a lot of times that babies don't really seem that hungry but they wake up and they get on the breast and they go right back to sleep. You know, some, we talked about bad advice from doctors. Some doctors will say, well, that baby doesn't need to eat. You need to try to soothe other ways. Listen, here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't need to change anything unless it's no longer working for you and your family. Amen. Um, because Rhett wakes up. Do I think at seven months that he probably needs to eat every two hours at night? Probably not, but he's awake for about three minutes, as am I, and then he nurses and he goes right back to sleep. This works for me and my family. Yeah. There's also something called cluster feeding. Have That's we right. touched on cluster feeding at all? I don't think so. We should. We need to talk about cluster feeding. All right. Let me talk about cluster feeding. because First thing I just need you to know about cluster feeding, it doesn't mean you're not making enough milk. That is not what it means. I don't know what it means, but cluster feeding sounds. <laughs> it's just is the time of day when your baby, typically it's in the evening, where they're just like nursing nonstop. So Meyer, for the first, I don't know how long, probably four or five months, from seven o'clock until 11 o'clock, he would eat. That's what Meyer did. I remember the That's entire miserable. family went to uh, the Biltmore, mm. that big house that in Asheville. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they he went to, uh, I'm just watching Brittany down her old fashioned right now as we talk about cluster feedings. Don't judge me. <laughs> judge the I am shit. over here trying to live my life. You're like eating the cherry. The cherry <laughs> is delicious. Excuse the heck out of me. I'm I do. Sorry. I love the cherry. Yeah, I see that. So anyway, he would cluster feed and I told them I couldn't go because I was not willing. I didn't have a problem breastfeeding in public. I remember like one time my neighbor saw me breastfeeding and he brought a towel and put it over me and I was like that's fine but he doesn't realize that it's kind of a joke because in order to latch the baby you got to bring the shirt up to put the baby on there and then you have to put the it, it none of it makes sense all I did was get an oversized shirt put with the baby on just put the shirt yeah. over but he would feed for like four or five hours and then there would be days where all he wanted to do was eat 
And when I say all he wanted to do is eat, did we talk about the two hours? That starts, that two hour mark starts at the moment they latch on. That's well, an important point. Yep. So, so if they eat for 45 minutes. You got an hour 15. You got about an hour and 15. When they cluster feed, you got about 17 seconds. You're going to go pee and you're going to come back. And that baby's going to be like, hey, he's rooting again. And you're like, <laughs> what in the hell? First of all, why is that their like way to tell you that they're hungry? What oh if I did gosh. that for like wanting to go to Red Lobster? I just start rooting Listen, on I people. I saw a meme the other day. It was amazing. It was like, I wish I loved anything the way that my baby loves the boob. Like I am, I have them in my arms and this is Rhett up and down. I have them in my arms. I'm trying to unsnap my nursing bra and they're just like with their mouth open, like, (laughs) and then, and then you put them on, they latch and like their eyes just like roll back in their head. I mean, it's so true. Listen, let me tell you this. I think this is so important. Like, maybe this doesn't help anyone, but man, this helped me. So, we talk about the cluster feeding. We talk about how long it takes them to eat. You know, the comfort nursing, the fact they feel like they're always on your boob. They're waking up every two hours at night. So, with my second child, like, I sort of just, like, surrendered to the experience. And all these things that are formulated in your mind is like, quote-unquote, problems. Like, honestly, breastfeeding is a gift in a lot of ways in that it has these advantages. Like you have a solution for everything Everything. with that boob. Like Rhett got his shots. He's losing his mind, his vaccines, right? He's losing his mind. I put him on the boob. Homeboy stopped crying in no time. And he was all set at night. He, now we've talked a lot about how he's crappy sleeper, let me rephrase that. He's actually not a crappy sleeper. He He's just a crappy sleeper. Well, He's he, just making herself feel better. He wakes up a lot, but he never offers to stay awake. He just wakes me up and he wants on the boob. Yeah. And then he goes back to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. I, <laughs> um, oh, I also want to say that like the two hour thing doesn't last very long. It doesn't. It's about four. That's that, true. It, it, that's not, a newborn thing. It's a newborn thing. It's Once they get thing. past that, they go to three to four hours. Like I've been over at Brittany's house now since noon and it's, I don't know what time it is, 4.30 and she's fed him one time. Yeah, and he wasn't even interested. No, too the busy. entire time he was staring at me because I'm a vision. And so <laughs> he spent his time staring at me. So I just also want to clarify that that is not how that goes. And then when they start introducing foods and all of that, it really becomes one of those things where they latch for like five seconds, they tug a titful, and then they're done. Yeah. So like that also doesn't And stay. there are breastfeeding changes as the baby gets older. Like right now with my son, he's seven months. He's been on solids for about a month. So when a baby starts solids, you're going to start with typically like oatmeal um you can mix it with your breast milk you can mix it with water i mix it with fruit um purees so rhett does like fruit and veggie purees he does some baby yogurt and he does some oatmeal um but he's gonna over time take less and less milk but that happens slowly and so your body has time to adjust but he's also learning and hitting major developmental milestones that are developmentally appropriate which means that he doesn't eat a lot during the day he doesn't nurse a lot during the day because he is so interested in his outside world so it's hard for him to just focus on nursing well what that means is he's doing a little bit of what's called reverse cycling that means that he takes in a lot of his milk calories at night when it's dark and it's quiet and there's nothing else to do Sounds fun. it's annoying but it's also normal yeah so that's one of the things that's going to happen a little bit down the road too that can also happen if you're a mom that works out of the home and you go back to work so it can happen a little bit earlier like because maybe the baby misses nursing 
And so they find themselves wanting to nurse more at night because you're not away. Um, I want to take, or you're not home. Um, I want to take a few minutes to talk about pumping and building a supply. Yeah, pumping. Yes. So we talked last episode about my problem with pumping too early. Don't pump too early. I would not advise you to pump until you have to pump. So I went back to work. I want to talk about this. I went back to work at 12 weeks, okay? My lactation consultant told me to start pumping at five weeks, okay? So she said establish a good breastfeeding routine, kind of all that. I started pumping at five weeks and it was perfect. So what I would do in the morning is I would feed Graham and Meyer on both boobs. Then I waited about 20 minutes and then I would put him in the crib, put him somewhere and then I would pump after that. And I would maybe get an ounce or two and that's all I need because you got to do four ounces and you can add milk together. So each day you can add a two ounce plus a two ounce to make a four ounce bag. Mm -hmm. You can add them together and then freeze like a four ounce bag. You just want to date it for the oldest expressed milk. Yes. So I started at five weeks to get enough milk to be able to go back to work by 12 weeks and I did that and I was able to have enough milk because I also then would turn around and pump at work. That worked really well for us but I pumped one time in the morning and you have to figure out a pump too because you have to have a letdown so there's also figuring out how to work the pump and figure out how to have a letdown I realized that when my child would cry when I was pumping as terrible as this sounds I would let down and I would get more milk so I would record not me but I would recommend recording the sound of your baby crying because it might actually help you let down as so well. So let's talk a minute about let down because people might not know what that means. So that's kind of like your body's natural response. Um, so your body does, the, the let down means that the milk is starting to um, come out of the breast, right? So the baby's natural suckling does this, or sometimes your body will do it if you see your baby or think about your baby or smell your baby or the baby cries. Personally, I have never had an issue with letdown. I can hook up to the pump for like seven minutes and get what I need. I must have been pumping for about four weeks before I realized what a letdown was because Graham started to cry and then I let down and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I think it's different for a person. And and these pumps, they have a letdown feature where like the first few seconds just do like a different kind of... um, like a it's sucking like a ring, pressure. Ring, 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 ring. Mm-hmm. I always skip that. You can push and hold the letdown feature because I don't need it. But I understand, like everyone's different. But here's what I'm going to say about the storage thing do not have anxiety about building a stash. Literally, the only milk you need is enough for that first day because the first day that you're going to be gone, the baby's going to need that. And then while you're away from the baby, you're going to be pumping every three hours as if you were feeding the baby. So if it makes you feel more comfortable to build a, a more of a supply, go for it. Well, but don't I, feel like you have to. You don't have to. I had a problem because no matter what, I never pumped with Graham ate. So when I was at work, I work a stressful job. And so, I mean, I'm not lying. One time I was pumping and my patient cardiac arrested. And so I was like, oh, my God. So I had to, like, rip the pumps off, run to go do, like, the whole thing. And so 
I never was able to really dedicate the time that I had to pumping. Now, some people have a dedicated office. They have that relaxation. They can put some Inya on. They can smell a candle. <laughs> I don't really know. Do your thing, girl. It was good for Get me. Get your let down on. <laughs> because I never matched. And so I was able to have enough in storage to where it was never a problem. But I agree with Brittany. You don't need to stress about yeah. it. Yeah. And you can freeze it. So here's, here's what I would recommend at the hospital. They're going to give you a little info guide to breastfeed feeding it's going to have a little chart that is like grid that's going to tell you how long your breast milk is good for i would recommend you cut that off and you cut that out and you uh, put it on a magnet on your fridge so it's going to tell you things like how long is breast milk freshly expressed milk <laughs> freshly expressed breast breast good god it's, it's hard to say freshly <laughs> expressed breast milk <laughs> I got it. Freshly expressed breast milk. That is good for about four hours on the countertop. I can't say sure. It's good for about four days in the fridge. And then um, frozen milk is good in your normal freezer for about three months, in a deep freezer for about six months. Anyways, there's a grid for that. You can put it on your fridge. Um, they've got special freezer bags for your breast milk because you're going to throw it in the freezer. Also, a pro tip. Um, before you go back to work, if you're planning on using frozen breast milk, I would recommend that you thaw a bag and you feed that to your baby just to make sure they're going to take it. Some babies get kind of weird about frozen milk, but you don't want to leave that with your caregiver or whatnot. Um, but don't stress out about all that stuff. Well, we much. talked about that with the caregiver option that before you go back to work, you're going to want to do a trial and error you're gonna practice for a couple it. of hours here and there to figure out what they like, what they do. I never gave my kid a bottle. Someone else did it. He had no problems. So that's also yeah. froze bags in like three ounces, one ounce bags. You want to do that? Four ounce bags. We did different. I never went beyond four ounce, but I would have some one ounce bags in case like he still seemed hungry after four. Yes, because once you thaw it, you have to use it. You have to use it. And once you put it in the bottle and you give the baby the bottle, Bottle, you have to use that bottle within so much time. You can't put it back in the fridge because once the bottle hits the baby's mouth, there's bacteria introduced and you want to use it rather quickly. But let me say this. Breast milk is sturdy. Yeah. So like it's not formula. You can leave it out on the counter longer. It's got, it is a living thing, breast milk. That's how it can fight all of, you know, the bacteria and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, don't feel like you've got to give your baby a bottle right away. That can wait. You, oh, that waited. You really want to wait, if you can, to give your baby a passy, to give your baby a bottle within the first few weeks just because you don't want them to have any type of nipple confusion. Now, also, though, know that my first child had a passy and a bottle pretty much right away. My All my children, well, Meyer never took the pacifier. It's not a deal breaker. But Graham took a pacifier and it was a game changer. So I, I say... Do your thing. Do your thing. Boo. But but don't feel like, oh my gosh, like with red, I felt like I had to force a bottle on him. You don't really have to do that. You The most important thing is to really establish breastfeeding and keep them at the breast. Keep in mind like the natural process. So every time they're hungry, you feed them. It's pretty straightforward. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, until next week, so thank you so much week. for listening. Is going to be another breastfeeding podcast. Are we doing that? <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about <laughs> drinking alcohol while breastfeeding, yep. medications. Uh, other benefits of breastfeeding, breastfeeding in public. That'll be our last one. Hopefully, there's only so many we can do on breastfeeding. <laughs> and then we're done. Then we're done. But for today, <laughs> thanks for away. listening. Uh, if you'd like to give us feedback or provide topic suggestions or tell us your own funny stories, reach out to us at slightlycrunchymomcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us, us, follow us on Instagram. We post weekly reminders 
pictures of new episodes and some funny stuff. Just to give you a little laugh, you can follow us at, at Slightly Crunchy Momcast. Or even better, you can buy us a beer. You know we like to drink. Donate via buymeacoffee.com slash slightly crunchy. As you've heard the last couple of episodes, my oh-so-talented husband just might write you a custom song. Until next week, bye! Well, I heard you like those port beers And you don't like it when the government interferes And you like the outstate mountaineers And I heard you are a wordscape champ And that ain't a limp, it's a cramp As you wink and you walk away So holla and thanks for the beers Slick Rick, a.k.a. Whitney's dad Slick Rick, a.k.a. Whitney's dad